0: Hello, Decode Your Burnout fans, and welcome to another episode with me, Dr. Sharon Grisman. Today, I am joined by Dave Bricker. As a young man, Dave Bricker was inspired by the remarkable people he met in Miami's secret floating village. The sailboat Anchorage, a quarter mile offshore from Miami, Miami City Hall, attracted world travelers, squatters, dreamers, and bums all had remarkable stories to tell. And by the time he graduated college, he was living aboard his own tiny sailboat. Soon after graduation, he set sail for the Bahamas with a locker full of food and dreams and just $40 in his pocket. His voyages took him up and down the Bahamas, up the East Coast of the United States to Chesapeake Bay and across the Atlantic to Gibraltar. He ran aground, dealt with mechanical breakdowns, got seasick more than once, slept in a volcano, survived powerful storms, and returned to the land of clocks and calendars. What he's gone in search of, stories of his own. And today, as a speaker, trainer, and coach, he helps remarkable people tell remarkable stories through writing, speaking, graphic design, video technology, and music. If you want to say it, share it or sell it, bring Dave Bricker your story and I'll help you tell it. Dave, welcome to the show.
1: Sharon, I'm honored to be here. Let's have some fun.
0: Now, you have been on such an incredible adventure that you could probably spend hours telling us all of the stories about everything that you've experienced at sea, you know, And one of the things that we talked about prior to this interview is that in all the years that you've been doing what you've been doing, you've never burned out. And so I'm sure you've got some really cool secrets to share with us about not just your adventures, but what was it that allowed you to be, as we like to say, burnout proof? When in fact, the majority of workers out there, are burning out left and right.
1: Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that. I think a friend of mine said it very well. John Nation said the human being is the only animal not on the face of the planet, not in captivity, that doesn't do exactly what the hell it wants to do. And I think burnout is when you're going day after day and doing something you don't want to be doing or working with someone you don't want to be working with. And I don't want to make it sound like, oh, snap your fingers and just exercise all your free will. We have to get ourselves extracted from situations. I remember just growing up working this job, working that job, and realizing, boy, do I not want to be doing this forever. And so, I plotted a course for not doing menial things forever. I don't mean that to put anybody down. I have great respect for people who wash dishes and wait tables and whatever they do. I'm a big tipper because I know what people put up with. But at the same time, it's like, I just realized if I force myself into some sort of a hole that I don't fit into, I'm just not going to make it. So very early, I just, I mean, I took off sailing. I wanted to do that. And I've been working for myself most of my life.
0: And I appreciate where you're coming from. And I also want to just add that people burn out not necessarily in menial jobs, right? Like you can actually be a dishwasher and love what you do and never burn out. And you can work in a job, whether it's for yourself or someone else, where you burn out. And sometimes it's because of all these other factors that you mentioned, but sometimes you can love your job and still burn out. So there's all kinds of things that lead people to burn out. I think what you're kind of saying is the key to your success is really feeling passionate about the work that you do and having the freedom to live the kind of life that you now live, which incorporates, you know, if you want to get on your sailboat or if you want to take some time off, you have that flexibility. Is that about right?
1: I think so. It's also, look, I think there are people who have a high tolerance for doing repetitive things. There are people who love the pressure of leadership. And when I assess myself, I just realize if I go work doing the same thing every day, I don't care what it is. I'm going to burn out because I need to be doing some sailing. I need to be doing some writing. I need to be playing some music. I need to be writing some code. I need to be doing some graphic design. If you take any of the one thing, any one piece of what I love to do and say, there, you're good at it. Do it all day. I'm going to burn out really fast. That's me and my makeup. So maybe it has to do with assessing what do you need? Do you need a lot of variety? in terms of what you do? Or do you need that structure? As long as you know what you're going to be doing every day, you feel safe. I don't judge either way. I'm just one of those people. I need a variety of tasks because I can start to burn out on writing and all the letters start to fuzz together. It's like, okay, time to switch into a visual mode. Time to switch it. I mean, if I can switch gears all day, then I can be really productive all day. So maybe I deal with little mini burnouts all day long. And, but I've got other places to go. I'm not trapped in those things.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily call those mini burnouts because burnout is something that happens as a result of some chronic stress. But what I do want to say is that, you know, I have a background in psychology and that's kind of how I started. And one thing I know is that what creates stress for a lot of people is the stories that they tell themselves about what's going on around them. So whether you're that dishwasher and you have that menial task, or you're somebody who is constantly switching gears and doing lots of interesting things, there could be lots of different stories that can lead the person switching gears to burnout where the dishwasher is not. So what we really need to focus on is what is the message that you're living by? And I know as a storyteller, This is your expertise. And so I'm curious what advice do you have for people who are maybe stuck in their story?
1: There are a lot of different stories that people can get stuck in. And of course, as a psychological professional, you have training to deal with a lot of those stories. So there's the self doubt story. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not attractive enough. I'm not fast enough. I could never do that. And all of that down talk, which we all do to ourselves, that's part of the human condition. But when we begin to believe those stories and stop pushing back against those stories, maybe I can do it. Maybe I am attractive enough. Maybe I'm smart enough to figure this out. And look, we're going to succeed some of the time and fail some of the time. But if you believe that I can't do it story, you're never going to succeed at anything except at being a failure because you're listening to those voices of self-doubt. So there's one story, the I can't do it story that we all need to fight to overcome. Another one is never play the victim card on stage or in life. And Sharon, we're both speakers and we've watched a lot of speaker coaching and things like that. The poor me stories. Oh, go book a session with Sharon, get that (laughs) poor me stuff out of your system, and then come back and try to enlighten and engage an audience. Don't do your therapy on the platform. And we see it all the time. The victim stories. And if I can do it, you can do it is a very dangerous story to tell on stage because. It may be that you could do it, but somebody in the audience is a bigger loser than you used to be before you became so great, and now you've just convinced them that it's hopeless for them. So I think we have to be very careful with the stories we believe and the stories we tell, and those are just a few of them.
0: Yeah, you've highlighted some of the really not popular ones, but the ones that we see very commonly, right? Those are the things that really keep us stuck. The I'm not enough story which is really about a sense of inadequacy. And what I often see is that's where people start to overcompensate and they look for external ways to validate their worth. So they'll be the ones that are working really hard. This is what we call our doers, right? They are doing so much at work and and accomplishing amazing things in order to get that gratification of like, I have accomplished something, I am worthy. But we also know that doesn't last, because then they're on to the next task. And so they're stuck in this loop. So that's a very dangerous story. We have the I can't do it story, which, you know, sometimes it's not even about ability, but it's about your belief. And this is what I see a lot with people who have imposter syndrome. It's like, I'm not supposed to be here, even though like, I've achieved this stuff, you know, the certain level and I've gotten the promotion or whatever it is. It's like, there's a lot of fear that seeps in and that story comes up. And, you know, interesting that you brought up the poor me story and kind of on the other side of that spectrum is the, if I can do it, you can do a story, which I think, as you mentioned, is very dangerous because just because you've been able to do something does not mean that somebody else can. Uh, And it's like that comparison that gets a lot of people into trouble, especially our thinkers, the people who are overthinking everything and are full of anxiety. They're constantly doing those comparisons. So I'm glad that you highlighted that because we have to also not just be careful in terms of the stories that we tell ourselves, but careful when we listen to other people tell stories like the, if I can do it, you can do it, that we don't get Like, trapped in this negative spiral of, oh crap, like now, what if I can't do what that person has done? What does that mean about me? And then that starts this whole negative story about yourself. So, there's a lot of almost like a domino effect between other people's stories and the stories that we end up with ourselves.
1: And I'll tell you, we have to be really careful with the stories we tell children. Because if you just say, you know, you're a bad little boy, it can be something as generic as that. That's cancer for children. They start to believe that they're inadequate from a young age, and that becomes their mindset. And if you grow up surrounded by people who criticize you, who don't believe in you, who don't uplift you, then it's very difficult to find that in yourself.
0: Yeah. And they can be verbal and nonverbal because sometimes you have the parents who are outwardly critical, and sometimes you just have the parents who are absent. And it could be for good reason. They could be like really caring, loving parents, but they're just overwhelmed because maybe it's a single mom that's got like five kids and she's trying to like get everybody fed. And so she's Mm -hmm. not available to give you that personal time. And so you feel like, well, if I was important, then mom would have that time for me. And so in our brain, we create a lot of stories about what it means when we're not getting our needs met. And this is why we get stuck. So we take those stories from early childhood and we kind of drag them around into our adult life. And now, Dave, I'm curious, what advice you might have for somebody who is stuck in one of these unhelpful stories?
1: Well, I think success of any kind is very difficult to attain by yourself. I know that I've had some wonderful mentors in my life who have encouraged me, and they've worked really hard on me to get me unstuck from some of my stories. I'm not immune to this stuff. That's part of being human. So assess the people around you. Keep your distance from the toxic people because we all have some of them get away from those toxic people. And even if it scares you, see what you can do to build relationships with people who might become a mentor or confidant, not your psychiatrist. If you need mental health care, go see a mental health professional. There's no shame at all in doing that. It's a thing I think everybody should do at one point or another, but surround yourself with positive people. And if you can't afford to pay those people, then what can you do? for them? Can Mm. you edit something for them? Can you, I mean, I can think when I was getting involved in the speaking business and some of the speakers I admired, it's like, can I help you with your editing or writing? What can I do? I'll run sound for you. I don't care. I want to be of value to you in some way. And you find out who the takers are very quickly. But then there are those other people who... They recognize that you really want to succeed in whatever way you define that. And they're like, wow, here's somebody with work ethic, with determination. I'm going to help them. And you keep searching and you find those people and you be valuable to those people. They'll make themselves valuable to you.
0: You know, earlier we were talking about how somebody's negative story can be really infectious or their negative message, even if it's well-intended, can be really infectious and get you going down this negative spiral. And I think your tip that you just shared is basically the flip side of that, where you're surrounding yourself with people who have positive stories and they believe in you, and then you start to believe in yourself. So that's one way that we can get unstuck from our stories that are maybe dragging us down.
1: Do you have any other tips? Other tips. Yeah, I think another story that people get stuck in is that success is a destination and happiness is a destination. And you're never going to, quote unquote, be successful because if you're learning and growing, there's always another level of success. You're never going to, quote unquote, be happy because Happiness comes in waves. If you take somebody's challenges away from them, look at what happens with young people in the lottery or something. First of all, 70% of lottery winners go broke within two years. Isn't that astonishing to think about? But we see people all of a sudden, they inherit a bunch of money, something happens, and it's the yachts and the airplanes and the multiple houses and the Lamborghinis. They're always searching what's the next thing? What's the next thing? This one's going to make me happy. Well, that's cool. Let me park it in the garage and get a blue one to go with the yellow one. Now I'm happy. Well, this endless pursuit of stimulation, we love struggle. And it's the people who believe that one day I'm going to be done with all my struggle and I'm just going to, what, sit on the couch and watch TV and eat potato chips? You could do that on welfare, right? And skip all of that intermediate part. So I think happiness is a journey. Success is a journey. And instead of feeling like you're not there yet and you're never going to get there, look at what you've already accomplished. Do you have food love and shelter well a lot of people even in our wealthy united states of america don't that's an accomplishment that's a piece of success do you have any kind of education whether it's formal or you've read a bunch of books have you done something creative are your kids happy is your partner happy i mean are you involved in a in a relationship that's constructive and warm or Take stock of the things in your life that you have, that you have done. And what Susan Ford Collins calls success filing, even the small ones. Did you remember to take out the garbage? Tick the box. Life is a series of little tiny successes. And too often we focus on what it's going to be like one day when we go to heaven and we forget to live.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned some really interesting things. And it brought to mind a story about, speaking of stories, a client that I am working with, Right, his story is I am supposed to work hard and he's been very successful. And now he doesn't have as much to do because he's been able to delegate a lot of the stuff out. And so this is a guy who was maybe used to working 80 or hundred hour weeks. Now maybe has like 30 hours a week worth of stuff to do. So the first thing he did was fill up that time with just stuff that didn't really produce much. And, you know, when we looked at it, we kind of stripped it down. It's that story about this is supposed to be like, I'm supposed to be busy. And when I'm not, then we get into anxieties like, oh, something is missing, right? I've got to fill it up. I've got to fill up the space. So I think we have to also be careful about the things that we're so used to that are so familiar to us that if they're not serving us, we got to find out what is that story that's driving us underneath it and find ways to rewrite that story.
1: Yeah. I also think that part of that is one of the things that's very gratifying is to help other people. Now, if you've got money and you can give away money to a good cause, well, good for you. That helps other people. But What about like, oh, you've got all this time on your hands, mentor somebody, find a college student or find somebody who, well, you can help out, take someone under your wing or go serve food to the homeless or whatever, engage, take what you've got and engage with somebody else's story and be the guide in their story so that they can become the hero.
0: Oh,
1: that's things for us to do with our time.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I want to just recap everything that you've shared already, because these are really, really important tips, especially for people who are really stuck in their story. So number one is you want to stay away from toxic people and build relationships with others who may mentor you. Because when they believe in you, you can start to believe in yourself. Secondly, remember that happiness comes in waves. So instead of focusing on this Destination that you tell yourself you're never going to get to. Look at what you've already accomplished and celebrate your success. And thirdly, help others engage in someone else's story. And I think when we do that, not only do we uplift them, but it adds to our own story about ourselves because you can say, wow, look at me. I am now helping others. And that's a really great feeling. So these are all fantastic tips about how people can start to think differently about where they're at and get unstuck. Now, Dave, I know that you don't typically just talk about getting unstuck from your stories, but you're talking about how to create stories as you go about your business, whether it's speaking or whatever it is, you know, sales, things like that. So If somebody is listening to this, can you give us like a quick synopsis of how you use storytelling to help your clients and what they can do with those stories?
1: Okay, I'll give you the real nutshell version. So the golden rule of storytelling is that stories are always about people. They might be about talking animals or aliens, but at least metaphorically, stories are always about people. So if you're not talking about people, you're not telling stories. If you're not telling stories, you're not connecting. And if you're not connecting, you're not selling. Now, I know Mm -hmm. some of our listeners like, oh, we said the S word selling. But selling is not a process of getting people to part with their money. Transaction happens after the agreement. To to sell. You're selling your relationship worthiness. You're selling people on the value of what you have to offer, whether it's a product, a service, whatever it is. Anyone who has asked for a raise or a date or tried to put a child to bed is selling. It's persuading, influencing people, and we're all engaged in it all the time. But if you look at most of the marketing, it's either Hey, buy my stuff, no warm up, no engagement, nothing having to do with anything but here's my product, buy it, please. And that's a waste of time because there's no relationship building going on, there's no storytelling, there's no connection. We see so much of that. And then we see people talking about prices, processes, ingredients, and data. And what people care about is themselves. So, mm-hmm. sales is the process of changing the conversation from price to value.
0: That's such an important thing for us to maybe end with, because, you know, as you said, this is something that we do in everyday conversations, whether we realize it or not, we're constantly selling ourselves. And with that, there are specific situations where you might want to hire Dave to help you craft a story, whether you're going on a job interview or asking for that raise or, you know, in some other way, need to quote unquote, sell yourself. So if somebody is interested in checking you out, Dave, where should they go?
1: They should go to Story Sailing, S-A-I-L-I-N-G, StorySailing.com. And I've been posting on the internet since people thought internet was a hair product back in 1995. (laughs) So I'm really easy to find. I just have thousands of posts all over the web. If you can't find me, you're Probably need to buy a computer.
0: And I do want to just say, I want to vouch for the content that Dave has put out there because it is extraordinary. You put so much love and thought into everything that you write with the idea of really providing a lot of value about sharing stories, writing stories, and using that in different aspects of life. So I thank you for all the hard work that you have put into your writing to give the rest of us a whole bunch of value. Thank you, and you thank so
1: much. And it's led to a friendship with you. So I'm going to call it a win.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Love that. So thanks for coming on and sharing those great tips. Now, for all of you thinkers out there, what did you think of the show? If you are a feeler, how did hearing this make you feel? And for all of you doers, what are you going to do based on what you've heard? Now, regardless of what your personality code is, My goal is to spread the word that burnout is a unique experience. And by decoding it, you can find solutions that are equally unique to you. Help me spread this message by subscribing to the show on Apple or Spotify and leaving us a review telling us what you think, feel or do differently because of the show. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can leave me a comment or questions to answer in future episodes. And please recommend the show to anyone struggling with burnout. And if you're ready to take the next step with me to DYB, go to decodeyourburnout.com and I'll see you right back here next week. Take care. Bye, everybody.